Thank you for tuning in to the RBFTT Rangers Battlefield for the Truth podcast. This is episode 21. It is May 24th, 2022 at 2015 here in the great state of Arizona. For those of you who don't know military time, 2015 is 8.15 p.m. Now, before we begin, as always, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at podcast underscore RBFTT. It's all lowercase. There you will find all updates on my episodes as well as other material. You can also find RBFTT merchandise. Just direct message me uh, if you want a hat, a shirt, or a mug. I'll send you a picture of the product and the cost. It's $15 for each item. Um, I cover the shipping and handling. Don't worry about it. Uh, I will be in the near future creating RBFTT stickers, uh, car decals, bumper stickers, regular stickers to just stick on you know your laptop, whatever it is. So that's up and coming. Now, I know I said in the last episode that you wouldn't hear from me until mid-June due to me taking a break. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to have like my long episodes that I usually have that cover a range of multiple topics. But unlike the New World Order, uh, who don't take breaks, I had to come back and cover this critical material. So this is my very first, I would say, emergency broadcast. This episode will cover the monkeypox and how this new man-made bioweapon ties directly into the WHO pandemic treaty and the upcoming midterm elections. So all this ties in together. And, you know, I wanted to kind of wait. I saw this monkeypox, I think it was like right after I, I got done with, um, it was like a few days after I got done with my last episode that the first case of monkeypox uh came up and there's a few conspiracy theories that are surrounding it. Uh, but you know, I, I was like, you know what, let me, I wanted to talk about, it, but I was like, let me, let me wait just a little longer. And I, I kept waiting and more cases built up. Then you had the who pandemic treaty. Then I was like, you know, I can't, I got to get into this. The more every, it seemed like every day that passed by more information was coming to light. So, Let's get to it. First off, for those of you who don't know what midterm elections are or what they're all about, let me just give you kind of a synopsis, a short summary of, of what it really is all about. Now, apart from the general elections, uh, uh, midterm election refers to a type of election where the people can elect their representatives and other subnational uh, office holders, uh, you know, example, a governor, members of local council uh, in the middle of the term of the um, executive branch. So like, you know, pres any president, sitting president. So that's why they call it midterms because it's in the middle of that sitting president's term. The 2022 United States elections will be held on Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. During this midterm election year, all 
435 seats in the House of Representatives, and 35 of the 100 seats in the Senate will be contested. Why is that important? Why am I bringing up midterm elections? How does that have anything to do with uh, the monkeypox or the WHO pandemic treaty? Well, as you know, the 2020 election was stolen. So, you know, let's let's drive it back a little bit further. Let's expand on this. During the 2016 election, the Democrats, the elites, did not think that Donald Trump was going to win. They they were pushed all their chips in to the fact that Donald Trump was a clown, he was a nobody, he was a joke. That was the, you know, and it wasn't until maybe a little bit at the end, oh, you know, they put some, uh, I guess, damaging videos out, sound clips of him. Uh, But for majority of the time during his campaign, 2016 campaign, Trump was thought of as a joke. And Hillary Clinton was supposed to blow him out of the water. And the exact opposite happened. People were tired of Obama. Just like people, when Obama got elected, they were sick and tired of the, you know, Iraq war and all this other stuff that George Bush did. Uh, You know, they were ready to move on and try something different. Well, everybody was tired of Obama. So, Majority of people were ready to say, you know what, I, I'm I'm putting my chips in, and I don't know too much about this Trump guy he's going to do president, but whatever. <sighs> Let's try something different, because all we're going to get with crooked Hillary is more corruption and a bigger body count. So that's why Trump won the 2016 election. And after that election... You saw the narrative of Trump, I wouldn't say change, but the Democrats and the and the left, they went a different direction. They tweaked how they attacked Trump. So Trump, they, they didn't expect Trump to win that election. And they were so embarrassed that they said, we're never having this happen to us again. We're not getting embarrassed like this again. So they spent the next five years during his presidency, racist, bigot, all this stuff, and it was just a constant attack of Trump. The problem with that is that the economy was better than it's ever been. Everything was rolling like a smooth business. That's what Trump is. He's a businessman. Everything was running like a smooth business at the top of its game. That's what America was at that time, before 2020. Now, Trump didn't handle 2020 correctly because he followed other leaders um, that he really shouldn't have been getting advice from. So the Democrats 
used the COVID mistakes and the COVID pandemic overall, and they used the uh, summer riots to push the agenda that the the notion, the narrative that Trump is bad, and this is what you're going to get for the next another four years. We need to get back to normal. And normal is Obama. And the closest thing that we'd get to Obama was Joe Biden. So now that they're in power, they're not they're not giving this up. Not legally, at least. So the midterms are coming up. They're no, they don't want to lose House seats. They don't want to lose Senate seats. So I guarantee you, they're gonna they're gonna try something. Whether it's a new pandemic, whether it's war with China, whatever it is, they're gonna try and their hardest to shut this down. So then, if maybe I mean if there's no elections at all. That's kind of what they really want. But also they want more, they want another chance of mail-in ballots, more mail-in ballots so they can steal another election. That's what they want. And that's what brings me to the the monkeypox. That's how it ties into it. Because if you look, and this is and this is a poll from the New York Times. If you don't think people are, I wouldn't say are desperate. But they're kind of awakening to uh, the mistake they made by voting for Biden. This is coming from the New York Times. 83% of Americans believe the U.S. has gone off the rails as midterm elections loom. Poll finds a staggering 83% of Americans think the U.S. has gone off the rails amid record high inflation Shortages of baby formula, sky-high gas prices, and mass shootings, a sobering new survey uh, survey released Tuesday reveals. The Gallup poll found only 16% of adults surveyed said that they are satisfied with the way things are going in the country at this time. 83% are dissatisfied with the remaining 1% having no um, you know, opinion. The foul mood of Americans is an ominous sign for President Biden and Democrats as congressional midterm elections approach. The low confidence rate in the state of the nation represents a considerable six-point decline from last month and is the worst measure since the U.S. Capitol riot in January 21. So, okay, the 60% of adults, that's basically people who vote for Democrat no matter what is happening. President Biden could walk up to them and call them an idiot, get them fired from their job, and make them homeless. And these people would still say, I love Biden. I love what he's doing. So 16% of the people in the poll are complete nut jobs. The rest of the 83%, many of them who didn't vote for, for Trump, do you know are not liking the fact that they made a mistake and voted for, for Biden. This is not what they voted for. This is what they thought they were voting for. So, Q 
keep that in mind as you see monkeypox, more mass shootings, rumblings of war with China later this year. Just keep that in mind because that's really the end game with all this stuff coming out. Now, <clears throat> do you know what else also starts in November? If the World Health Organization pandemic treaty is signed, this will be, it, it will take an effect. It won't take into effect immediately. Um, as from what I've heard, why I, I'm not, I'm not sure I haven't done that much research into it, but I do know from what I've heard that this pandemic treaty, if signed, if it goes through, it won't go through until October, November. Oh, look at that. It's right during midterms. Now, if you don't know what the WHO pandemic treaty is, um, and I'll give you a summary of it. Uh, during the uh, the Davos group meeting, uh, you know, with the World Economic Forum and the New World Order, all the elites, uh, with their meeting in Switzerland this week, a treaty between multiple countries, including the U.S., will be voted on without the approval of Congress to decide if basically the World Health Organization will have total control over America and even your own body during the next pandemic. So basically what it is, is you won't have, let's say that a new pandemic comes up. Another strain of COVID, monkeypox, I don't know. It could be even a bioterrorism weapon. The World Health Organization, if this treaty goes through, all the World Health Organization has to do, it won't be like COVID where different countries are doing different things at different times. The World Health Organization will forcefully make that country, wherever it's on the treaty, let's say it's the United States, force the United States into doing whatever the World Health Organization wants them to do. Mandatory vaccines, guess what? The United States is doing it. They don't have a choice. And now they do the states, or at least the World Health Organization. That's what they think. That's what they think. Um, basically, this will create this will create a civil war. Because you're not going to have, especially with certain states in the United, here in the United States and a lot of people around the country sit back and say, yeah, sure. We'll do what some other, what the world health organization wants us to do. And, you know, that will be, I think the breaking point, that will be the breaking point. You'll see riots, you'll see lootings, you'll see civil war. That will be the breaking point where the country will basically Finally turned into complete anarchy. Now, how does this all involve monkeypox? Well, let's read some articles. This is from Epoch Times. 
Biden places a $119 million order for vaccines after a single case of monkeypox reported in the United States that a Biden administration has placed an order for millions of doses of a vaccine intended to protect against smallpox and monkeypox after the first cases of monkeypox in the United States this year was confirmed in Massachusetts on May 18th. Hmm. Now, that sounds to me like they knew this was going to happen. And not only that, but they know you're not going to just get vaccines prepared unless you think that a new pandemic is on the way in months to come. Another article here says U.S. starts to process to release vaccines for monkeypox. The strategic national stockpile stores pharmaceuticals and medical supplies in case of an emergency that causes local supplies to be depleted. Uh, the United States has stock of vaccine because it was preparing for a potential smallpox outbreak. Huh. So it's preparing for a smallpox outbreak. That's interesting. Smallpox has been eradicated for years. Why would they be preparing for a smallpox outbreak? Hmm. Okay. Let's continue. From the Epoch Times, Biden sounds alarm on monkeypox as CDC alerts American doctors. President Joe Biden claimed this past Sunday that everybody should be concerned about an increase of monkeypox cases in Europe and the United States, although the president admitted that he hasn't received information from his advisors on the disease yet. Speaking to reporters before leaving from uh, or before leaving for Japan and South Korea, Biden said that his health advisors Quote, haven't told me the level of exposure yet, but it is something that everybody should be concerned about. Adding, we're working on it hard to figure out what we can do and what vaccine, if any, may be available for it. End quote. So we're working on it hard to figure out what we can do about what vaccine, if any, may be available for it. What do you mean about what vaccine, if any? may be available for it. You just ordered $119 million worth of vaccines for the monkeypox because according to the CDC, you've been stockpiling it for preparing for a potential smallpox outbreak. This is starting to sound a lot like COVID. First mandatory uh, quarantines for, for monkeypox as White House warns of more cases. Belgium has become the first country in the world to introduce a mandatory 21-day monkeypox quarantine for those who contract the virus after several days were found with a White House official warning Sunday that more U.S. cases are likely. Oh, so it's more likely that this is going to spread throughout the country. Um, why 21 days? Monkey pass, mon monkey pass, monkey pox lasts for more than 21 days. It can last for over a month. It can last, that's what it usually is, around three, four weeks. It can last for more than a month. 
21 days is pretty specific. So, um, but hey, let's continue. Epoch Times. The federal government doesn't plan on mandatory quarantines for monkeypox, said Biden. President Joe Biden said Monday that doesn't said Monday that he doesn't expect the United States to implement quarantine requirements for people infected by monkeypox, as officials in several states have confirmed cases. When asked during a news conference in Tokyo whether such measures are needed, Biden said, "No, I don't think so," and added, "Thus far." There doesn't seem to be a need for any kind of extra efforts beyond uh, what's going on. Right. They said the same thing during COVID and look what happened there. You know, 15 days to end the spread turned into two years. Now, this is a, a pretty decently sized article here from the Epoch Times. Monkey games could lay groundwork for who pandemic response takeover. So this is pretty much... And it just it was a it was a long article, but I kind of chopped it down. Um, but I like how the Epoch Times explains how the monkeypox and Bill Gates' germ games and the 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 potentially new uh, pandemic treaty with the World Health Organization um, how that's all connected. The World Health Organization is responding to a string of monkeypox outbreaks and will be convening an emergency meeting on the virus and its global spread. In terms of government power, the timing of this outbreak couldn't be better for the WHO, which may soon be granted powers to manage laws on global health outbreaks and which is oddly well-positioned for a monkeypox outbreak's Following a recent, quote, germ games call and recent incidents tied to figures who include Microsoft billionaire Bill Gates, the New York Post declared the World Health Organization is reportedly convening an emergency meeting into the alarming spread of monkeypox around the world, including a possible case in the Big Apple. The Telegraph reports that the United Nations Health Authority will be bringing uh, together a group of leading experts in the meeting, which is believed to be focused on how the virus is suddenly spreading so wildly. It also allegedly will look into the virus's prevalence among homosexual men and on the vaccination situation. The timing of all this is important. It gives the WHO a chance to show its worth since, since it's in the process of trying to get a new and expansive powers under the banner of governing global health emergencies. The United Nations is considered a various is considering various amendments to who to the who at its 75 World Health Assembly in Geneva that could give its direct uh, general Tedros the unilateral authority to declare a public health emergency with far-reaching powers over the laws of sovereign nations. Not only would this give Tedros the ability to declare a public health emergency in a nation he wants, using whatever evidence he wants, but it would also allow him to dictate policies that the target country should able to adopt to respond to the UN's declared emergency. If a country refuses, a proposed amendment could give the WHO the ability to sanction that country. 
If you're wondering whether giving such powers to a UN agency that could demonstrate its independence from the Chinese, oh, I'm sorry, that couldn't demonstrate its independence from the uh, Chinese Communist Party could fly in the face of U.S. law, it seems that President Joe Biden has the answer. Not only is the Biden administration al allowing the shift in power to the WHO, but it's also helping advance it. Now, basically what also that means is when the UN talks about, because the UN is made up of uh, multiple countries with their with the United Nations Army, um, majority of majority of if you didn't know this, majority of the United Nations military is actually made up of Chinese soldiers. So let's say there's some the United States decides not to do it or there's some states that don't want to go along with the program. They'll be sanctioned. They might even uh, raise the level to where they send in the United Nations our, our, our military units to go take control of that state. So, you know, if that happens, I say bring it on. I'll be ready to go. You know, at that point, I'm joining militia. And bring it on. Let's get this civil war going. Uh, you know, better late than never. Now, there's a study that I want to read. It's called the NTI paper. It's called the Nuclear Threat Initiative, NTI, Strengthening Global Systems to Prevent and Respond to High-Consequence Biological Threats. Now, this entire, I'm not going to read the whole thing, just, just a little bit from it. Um, this exercise is basically the same thing, um, you know, contagion, contagion uh, spars, 2025, 2028, that exercise, um, that, that all was done. Agenda 21, all those exercises were done in uh, 2019, I believe, end of 2019, where you had leading experts, billionaires, elites go down in different countries, and they went down, and guess what type of exercise they did right before COVID in 2020? Oh, they tabled an exercise basically blueprinting what to expect and how to deal with it with a new pandemic that, oh, was a respiratory issue. That was the exercise back in October of 2019. Lo and behold, that was the same damn thing that COVID was. And wouldn't you know it, back in uh, November of 2021, we have the same exercise, or at least another exercise, talking about a bio weapon 
releasing monkeypox. Not smallpox, not something, no. Reading straight for the paper here. Monkeypox bioweapon. Huh. And that's November 2021. And what do we have going on now? Monkeypox. Hey, wasn't there, didn't the, uh, speaking of bioweapons, didn't the United States say that there was no bioweapon laboratories that were in the Ukraine? That was supposed to be Russian disinformation, right? Oh, except it's not Russian disinformation. There are 26, if I remember to be exact, at least that are known, of Ukrainian bio, U.S., bioweapons, bioweapon labs that are stationed in the Ukraine. So I wonder if that has anything to do with this abnormal outbreak because this monkeypox is just basically Central Africa. And now it's spreading among everybody else. Could this also have to do with the vaccinated? Have the vaccines, because the vaccines eliminate people's immune systems. So with so many, so many Americans having their immune systems basically depleted from the vaccination, is, could this be the cause of, uh, of, from the vaccines? Monkeypox. Now your body, because as I said in other episodes, <clears throat> the vaccination is going to be creating abnormal viruses, cancers, just like the mysterious hepatitis that's going around. And this is what the vaccine does. So before I read from this paper, because that's the last thing we're going to get into is this paper. We're going to play some videos of Bill Gates talking about the next pandemic will get attention this time. And he said that uh, last year. And then him talk Bill Gates back in 2020. And he spoke about it again um, other times as well. But this particular video is back in 2020. Talked about a smallpox bioweapon from a terrorist attack. Uh, and then we have a video, another video where it's a news coverage on, remember the batch of vials labeled smallpox that were found in Pennsylvania? Remember that? So we got a video on that. And we also, remember also the woman getting bitten by a monkey where the truck full of monkeys and, and these monkeys were from Africa and the woman got bit and got pink eye, got flu-like symptoms and stuff. Yeah, so we're going to play all four of those videos, and then after that, uh, we're going to actually hit into break, and then we're going to come back and hit up this last piece of information, the, the monkeypox exercise. This won't be the last pandemic that we face. You know, pandemics can come from... Uh, natural causes, 
which is largely coming across from other species. You know, a flu, for example, uh, is still a very big risk. And so we'll have to invest in making sure that we catch the disease sooner and that we have platforms to make diagnostics, therapeutics, and vaccines very quickly. Very little was invested, even though there were these calls by uh, a lot of people, including our foundation. Uh, one group that was funded, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovation, CEPI, CEPI, uh, we, Welcome Trust, Norway, UK, Japan, were the initial funders, and that is helping out here. Uh, so we're better off than if that hadn't happened. Uh, but, you know, people trust government to think through these eventual bad things. Uh, this was a, a failure uh, to, to get ready, and the cost would have been tiny compared to, say, what we spend on uh, being ready for war, we didn't actually do the simulation to think about, okay, what about nursing homes? What about getting factories ready? What about the testing regime? You know, in fact, the testing could have been ramped up uh, very quickly. And a few countries that have almost avoided the epidemic entirely, like uh, Taiwan, New Zealand, Australia, you know, they took their experience and actually prepared and so they moved a lot faster. Uh, so we, you know, we'll have to prepare for the next one. That, you know, I'd say is, uh, will get attention this time. Well, Bill, um, since you try to warn us about this pandemic um, and we didn't listen, what's the next thing you're warning us about that's going to happen five years from now that we're not listening to at the present? Well, I, I didn't want to be right. What I wanted to do is, uh, I understand. I'm not saying you won. Everybody uh, loses. Nobody wins with this. And I'm not saying that you're, that you're, this is not an end zone dance. <laughs> I'm just saying, what else are we not listening to that we need to take action on now? Well, the, the idea of a, a bioterrorist attack is kind of the nightmare scenario because they're a pathogen with a high death rate would be ticked. Now the good news is okay. not trying to depress you. It's tough enough Too late. Right now Too that late. most of the work we're going to do to be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one, most of the work we'll do to be ready for that are also the things we need to do uh, to minimize the threat of, of bioterrorism. Well, um, Mr. Gates, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for the efforts you and your organization are doing to try to find the cure for this. And uh, we'll see you again. Stay safe. All right. Great time. Give our best to everybody else in the box. Five, a disturbing discovery. A batch of vials labeled smallpox was uncovered in a lab right here in Montgomery County. And now CDC investigators are in town trying to figure out if they contain that deadly virus. Wednesday night, the big story on Action News is this potentially dangerous discovery. A lab employee at Merck in Upper Gwinnett Township spotted the vials while cleaning a freezer. Action News reporter Annie McCormick live from there tonight with the details. Annie. Eric and Charlie, that's right. The CDC was expected to arrive here at some point today to take those vials and bring them to a different laboratory to test them. The Pennsylvania Department of Health late today 
getting back to me saying that there was no threat to the public and nobody was exposed. Now under investigation, the discovery of what the CDC are calling questionable vials labeled smallpox found in a freezer Monday evening at the Merck facility in Upper Gwinnett Township, Montgomery County. All of the vials were intact. The person who made the discovery was wearing protective gear. Health officials say an alert went out to the Department of Homeland Security. Upper Gwinnett Township Police received a notification Tuesday morning and were told the FBI is investigating. According to Montgomery County officials, the Pennsylvania Department of Health alerted them stating, quote, there were reportedly a total of 15 questionable vials and five of the vials were labeled as smallpox and 10 were labeled as vaccinia. Frankly, I'm surprised um, that this would happen someplace like Mark. All of the, the vials of smallpox that were out in virologist freezers were supposed to be uh, disposed of once the disease was considered eradicated. But Dr. Teresa Sweet of Drexel University School of Public Health said since smallpox was eradicated in 1980, there are only two places in the world where the virus is stored, at the CDC in Atlanta and in Russia at their public health center. Merck at least was very open about this, right? They admitted that they found these vials, they, they contacted the CDC and the CDC is investigating. So hopefully the transparency coming from both Merck and the CDC will help alleviate people's fears that there are just vials of smallpox all over, which I don't think there are. And Rick, the big question still is, how did they get there? Well, Dr. Sweet surmises that they may have been left behind a number of freezers that large pharmaceutical companies use are very large and also very old, but the investigation is just beginning. Now to a bizarre story involving the crash of a trailer full of monkeys headed to a lab and a woman now experiencing health problems after coming in close contact with the primates. The woman says she has been put on preventative medicine for the next two weeks, but there are some questions tonight into what these monkeys were being used for and what they could have been infected with. Michelle Fallon never thought something like this would happen. I thought, well, zoo monkeys. You know, I didn't know these were animal test monkeys. After witnessing a crash on a Pennsylvania highway and stopping to help, she learned the truck was carrying 100 monkeys from East Africa, headed for a Missouri test lab. I thought they were like, okay, like they had their shots, they're good, they've been checked. I didn't know they could have diseases or whatever. After checking to make sure the driver was okay, she went up to the trailer full of crates, thinking there were cats inside. They had this like green cloth over, so I peel it back and I go to stick my finger in there to try to pet it and it pops its head up and I'm like, oh, it's a monkey. Three of the monkeys escaped in the crash and one was recovered. Two others were put down. But the hours-long escape forced health officials to issue an alert, warning the community not to come into close contact with the primates because the species commonly spreads herpes virus B. I'm like, well, I was there. I touched everything. That alert leaving Michelle on edge and unsure of what to do. Her close contact later leading to pink eye and flu-like symptoms. I walked through their poop. I touched their crates. I tried to pet them. So now I don't know what's going on. As a precaution, Michelle has now received her first rabies vaccination 
and has been prescribed antiviral medication as doctors continue to monitor her symptoms. Okay, welcome back. Now, you just heard from Bill Gates, the depopulation specialist himself, talk about how we need to be ready for pandemic two. That COVID was pandemic one, and this is pandemic two now. Or is it? Is the monkeypox pandemic two? Could be. As uh, what I'm about to read right now. This is from the NTI paper. Strengthening, strengthening global systems to prevent and respond to high consequence biological threat. Uh, these are results from the 2021 ta tabletop exercise conducted in partnership with the Munich Security Conference. Now, Bear with me for a minute. There you go. So, I, again, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Um, over the past two years, the world has faced the devastating impact that a biological event can have on human health, economies, and political stability. As of this writing, the SARS-CoV-2 virus has infected more than 250 million people killed more than 5 million, and caused trillions of dollars in economic losses. COVID-19 has revealed that national governments and the international community are woefully unprepared to respond to pandemics, underscoring our shared vulnerability to future catastrophic biological threats that could meet or exceed the severe consequences of the current pandemic. Now, Although national and global leaders are appropriately focused on the immediate demands of the COVID-19 response, the international community cannot postpone implementing the steps necessary to protect against future biological threats. This must include the recognition that while naturally emerging pandemics continue to pose a significant threat, the next global catastrophe could be caused by the deliberate misuse of the tools of modern biology or by, by a laboratory accident. Fundamentally, strengthening, strengthening the preparedness of every nation to meet these challenges is a humanitarian imperative in the collective self-interest of the international community. Even the most prepared nations will remain vulnerable as long as, as significant biosecurity and pandemic preparedness gaps remain in countries around the world. We are only as safe as our weakest link. The, week, the world has witnessed how global travel, trade, urbanization, and environmental, environmental degradation can fuel the emergence and spread of infectious disease threats. However, the serious risk embedded in the very bioscience research and technolo technology advances that offer vital opportunities to counter these risks remain less understood. To strengthen international capabilities to respond to the next pandemic, National and global leaders must build 
stronger public health and medical response capabilities that can scale to address very high consequence biological events, potentially orders of magnitude more severe than we have ever experienced during the past few years. We cannot afford to be reactive. We must build our public health and medical systems to be anticipatory, responding energetically and proactively in the face of uncertainty, taking what humanitarian crisis response communities described as a, quote, no regrets approach. Now, I was only skimming most of this. That word right there, the no regrets approach, I see that littered in this exercise. What does no regrets approach mean? What are they talking about? And why why call it that, a no regret approach? Are they saying that they're going to do things that possibly could hurt people, that could damage people's lives, imprison people, kill, murder people, cause wars potentially, and they can't, but it's for the greater good, so they can't have any regret? No regrets approach. Now, a little bit of the, here it says the executive summary. In March 2021, the Nuclear Threat Initiative, NTI, partnered with the Munich Security Conference to conduct a tabletop exercise on reducing high-consequence biological threats. Conducted virtually, the exercise in examining gaps in national and international biosecurity and pandemic preparedness architectures and explored opportunities to improve capabilities to prevent and respond to high-consequence biological events. Participants included 19 senior leaders and experts from across Africa, the Americas, Asia, and Europe with decades of combined experience in public health, biotechnology, industry, international security, and philanthropy. Well, as you're listening, you might be thinking, well, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, we just went through a pandemic. I call it a plandemic, but whatever. We just went through a COVID. So, you know, this doesn't sound that bad to possibly run an exercise to be possibly prepared for something else. Well, the problem is, and I'll read in this next paragraph, is just like in the last exercise, Agenda 21, or Contagion, back in 2019, was that it was eerily similar to COVID. This is eerily similar to monkeypox. I'll continue to read from this. The exercise scenario portrayed a deadly global pandemic involving an unusual strain of monkeypox virus that emerged in the fictional nation of uh, Briennia and spread globally over 18 months. Ultimately, the exercise scenario revealed that the initial outbreak was caused by a terrorist attack using a pathogen engineered in a laboratory with inadequate biosafety and biosecurity provisions and weak oversight. By the end of the exercise, the fictional pandemic resulted in more than 3 billion cases and 270 million 
fatalities worldwide. Monkeypox. That's what they're doing an exercise on. Spread globally with 18 months. So that's just under... That's, uh, what, six months under two years? It's about a year and a half of monkeypox. The discussion among exercise participants led to the following key findings. Weak global detection assessment and warning of uh, pandemic risks, gaps in national level preparedness, gaps in biological research governance, insufficient financing, of international preparedness for our four pandemics. Now, I'm not going to read you the entire thing, but basically, uh, you know, they talk about the UN Security General should convene at a high level to develop recommendations for critical measures to bolster global supply chain resilience and medical and public health supplies, um, national leaders, development banks. Uh, donors and private sector should establish a new resource. So basically it's, you know, national governments must adopt a no regrets. There it is again, a no regrets approach to pandemic response, taking anticipatory action as opposed to reacting to the mounting case counts and fertilities, which are lagging indicators to facilitate anticipatory action on a no regrets basis. National governments should develop national level plans that define and incorporate triggers for responding to high consequence biological events. Now, if you're wondering what triggers is, it actually tells you what it is. What is a trigger? In a national pandemic response plan, Specific readiness measures would be triggered based on factors related to the potential severity of the outbreak, expected delays in situational awareness, and the time it would take to implement response measures and see results. Participants stress at the national level decision. Makers must build trigger-based plans that emphasize a no regrets, there it is again, bias toward early action. Although there is inevitability a risk of farce alarm responses, participants deem the risk of delay as far more consequential action. One participant argued must be the default pathway because you will not have the luxury of waiting for certainty. So basically, in a gist, this exercise is to tell you it's an exercise basically to learn from the mistakes from the previous uh, COVID exercise that came into reality. So from what I've read, that's what I get from it. It's okay. They're, not going to wait for this, whatever it is, the virus spread out of control or, or they're basically not rely on governments to get their shit together and form up a plan and do what they need to do 
to defeat a pandemic. No, what it says in this exercise is that there needs to be global communication amongst the United Nations and there needs to be a global plan, a no regrets plan, no regrets type of action. And that, from what I've read, that seems a lot like what they're tabling at the World Health Organization with the pandemic treaty where it wouldn't allow countries to figure this out on their own, basically on their own or maybe go a different path. It would just be a one world plan, a one world government. Is this the new one world government that so many people have been talking about? Is this the World Health Organization? Only time will tell. But pay attention, folks. Pay attention. Because everybody out there who's not paying attention, who, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm not like one of those other people who, who say, hey, you, you can't have a life. You can't go have fun. But listen, it can't be all fun and games. You have to take time to understand and to research what is going on in the world because this type of thing, monkeypox, exercises, World Health Organization, pandemic treaties, this type of thing, as you see with just voting for Joe Biden, right? What type, what type of consequences did that have on you? Higher gas prices, inflation. Inflation to even, even with your rent. I mean, your daily life is completely different than what it was before the, the Biden administration came to power. And you can't blame Russia on everything. You know, you can't blame COVID on everything. You can't blame, uh, you know, riots and lootings on everything. You can't blame Russia on everything. You can't blame Trump anymore. When is Joe Biden and that clown fucking administration going to actually take ownership of what's happening in the country? They're not. Um, they're probably just going to use this to somehow steal the midterm elections and then steal the 2024 election. But that's another conversation for a different day. Pay attention, people to what's going on uh, because something like this can not only change your life, but could change the country entirely. And you have to ask yourself, what would you do in if the World Health Organization took control of the United States? What would you do if gas went up to eight bucks, nine, ten bucks a gallon? What would you do if mass riots and looting started happening because nobody can afford food anymore? It was a food shortage. 
you got to start getting prepared. Start thinking about this stuff now before it's too late. You know, and then hope that as you prepare, you never have to use any of this stuff. That's kind of the main, that's the ultimate goal is you never have to use any of this stuff that you, that you have to prepare for. So, but thanks for tuning in to this uh, emergency broadcast here tonight. Uh, We're looking to probably look out for the new merchandise with the stickers and stuff. Also, uh, probably be pumping out another episode in about another week and a half, two weeks. So, um, hell, maybe maybe even sooner, you know, if um, the way that things have been going now. So, uh, but you can keep track of that. Any updates on my Instagram at podcast underscore RBFTT. So, thanks for tuning in, guys.